On this episode of Locked On Grizzlies, a Tuesday edition of the show, I'm going to lead off talking about J.J. Redick making a nice apology to the city of Memphis and their Grizzlies for trying to be the latest multimillionaire to try to get the Grizzlies out of Memphis, plus some lineup possibilities and how Xavier Tillman fits into all of this going into a free agency year. It's a big Tuesday show. Let's lock in. You are Locked On Grizzlies. Your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Very excited to be back with you here on Locked On Grizzlies. I am your host for this episode, Joe Mullinax of Bluff City Media, also a writer, contributor, over at SB Nation as the NBA season approaches. Excited to get back into writing more. Excited to be back with you each and every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team each and every day. The team, of course, in this particular instance being the Memphis Grizzlies. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Again, free and available wherever you get your podcasts as proud members of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can also check us out on YouTube. Like, comment, rate, review, subscribe. Please continue to make us part of your NBA and Memphis Grizzlies content consumption. If this is your first time coming through here, welcome. I'm sorry that you have to deal with my ugly mug if you're on YouTube or the less ugly uh, baritone soundings, however you're getting your podcast. Just me once again on this episode of the show to Michael Cole of the Commercial Appeal in Memphis, Tennessee, my co-host. He'll be back later this week, but I think I mentioned on Monday's episode the idea of him getting one last little break before the season kicks into high gear. He is, of course, the beat writer for the Memphis Grizzlies for the Commercial Appeal he deserves all the breathers he can get because he's about to get very, very busy with media day and the start of training camp coming up here in the next week or so. So he'll be back, I promise, just continuing to charge those batteries for the long grind of a season that is to come. I'm happy to be here with you, of course, and we're going to lead off this episode of the show. Wow. J.J. Redick, Andre Iguodala, Evan Turner. You underestimated the anger online of Memphis Grizzlies fans. In case you missed this, which maybe you did, uh, J.J. Redick has the Old Man of the Three podcast, which is a wonderful show. Desmond Bain's been on there, done great. I really, I enjoyed listening to it. I did not hear this episode, but I did see the videos and the audio and the anger on X or Twitter, whatever the heck it's called now, about what was discussed involving the Grizzlies. They were talking about NBA expansion which is almost certainly going to happen, right? Seattle, Las Vegas, lots of names that make sense in terms of cities. But they were asking about where they would like to see a team and what city should get that team. And Andre Iguodala, I believe, or Evan Turner, one of the two, I want to clarify that I'm not entirely sure which, somebody that isn't J.J. Redick said they would like to see, it might have been Evan Turner, I want to see the Grizzlies moved out of Memphis and into Nashville. Right, take the Grizzlies out of Memphis and put him in Nashville. And JJ Redick indirectly, directly, mistakenly, as he alludes to in a recent, the most recent episode of The Old Man of the Three, uh, says he co signs on that. And they kind of go off on a tangent about, you know, places that Memphis 
you know, the Grizzlies could go that aren't Memphis. And that led to understandable frustration from Memphis Grizzlies fans. So much so, in fact, that J.J. Reddick came out on his most recent podcast and apologized to Memphis Grizzlies fans, talked about how great the fan base is, how the Grizzlies should stay in Memphis, so on and so forth. I want to give kudos to J.J. Reddick, not just because it would be awesome for him to come on Lockdown Grizzlies someday, and I don't want to burn that bridge before it ever gets built, but I also want to say that we live in a society nowadays where people make mistakes and oftentimes they get bludgeoned for it and there's not a level of forgiveness when there is a genuine apology or an acknowledgement that we are all human beings and therefore we are all flawed, right? I don't want to get too deep into psychology and philosophy on a basketball podcast, but you and I, we are not perfect. We make mistakes and fall short each and every day. I don't want to speak for you, but I fall short each and every day. And when I apologize for it, I mean it genuinely. I'm going to try to be better, going to try to grow and learn from it. It seems like J.J. Redick is in the same boat when it comes to this mistake he made regarding the Grizzlies being moved out of Memphis. When all this originally transpired, and I think this is most Grizzlies fans, they they were mad, but they weren't surprised because this happens all the time. Right. And it's not a surprise that Memphis Grizzlies movement would be favored among NBA players. We're talking about young multimillionaires in their 20s and 30s. I lived in Memphis, Tennessee for three years. I thought it was wonderful, phenomenal, thoroughly enjoyed it. If I was a 20, when I lived in Memphis, I was, you know, 25, 26. If I was that age, and a multimillionaire playing basketball, traveling the country. I don't mean to insult the city of Memphis. It's not a destination city. It's not Los Angeles. It's not Miami. It's not New York. You can be successful in a small market. Giannis Antetokounmpo has shown that time and time again in terms of his marketability. But the idea of a destination city, if you were a multimillionaire in your mid-20s, Would you openly choose Memphis, Tennessee to be the place where you spent at least half of your year? More often than not, they don't make that choice. We see that time and again in free agency. The one exception to that was because of a dramatic overpay for Chandler Parsons in the hindsight of history, a dramatic overpay that backfired horribly. That is how you get people to come to Memphis either by overpaying in free agency or to the credit of this Grizzlies front office, you bring them in as young players via the draft or you trade for them. And they have a very specific type. I said this on X. They have a specific type that they are looking for that is not attracted to the bright lights of a major city in that way. Again, John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr., Desmond Bain, especially Morant and Jackson Jr., have lots of interests. Jackson Jr. does modeling or uh, fashion, excuse me. He has music that he does in the offseason. They are going to go spend time in New York and Los Angeles. They're going to go to these places because they have disposable income. They have the ability to travel to these cities that are, for a lot of reasons, more desirable to that particular group of wealthy people than Memphis would be. But in the case of the younger guys, They grew up in Memphis, at least as young adults into, you know, entering their mid-20s. It's the only NBA franchise they've ever known. 
They've been treated well by that franchise, and Reddick makes the point that the Grizzlies are a good organization. Why would they want to go somewhere else where they can make the most money in Memphis, and they're happy there? They're settling themselves there. They've placed roots there. Makes total sense to go that route. You're not going to go and get involved in the Damian Lillard sleepstakes unless you're going to try to use that traded player exception to bring in another type of talent, right? Like a Nazir Little or a Matisse Thibault. Luke Hatmaker of Bluff City Media wrote about that yesterday. Thought it was a great piece. I'd love Fabule. He would make sense as a defensive stopper to help on the perimeter if necessary. That's how the Grizzlies will get involved in that. Any trade philosophy that I have when I try to get X in social media up into an uproar, it's what I would do. It's not necessarily what the Memphis Grizzlies are going to do because they are very well aware of their limitations as a market compared to places like New York and Los Angeles and Miami, right? So the NBA players having that opinion is not surprising, shocking, and they're entitled to their opinion. But to make the blanket statement that a team that has an established fan base should just be taken out of that city and placed in a place like Nashville. I'm not convinced Nashville would have a successful NBA franchise. I don't necessarily think that's true. They already have the Tennessee Titans. They already have the Nashville Predators. It's one of the fastest growing urban areas in America, but are they going to support another professional franchise, one that was connected to Memphis just two and a half hours down the road? Maybe. I don't want to make Keith Parrish a fast break breakfast mad at me, but I'm not sold on that idea. I think that, Memphis makes sense for the NBA franchise in Tennessee for a variety of reasons and will continue to make make sense as they stay there. It shouldn't surprise us that three guys who have very limited to no connection to the city of Memphis or the Grizzlies, Andre Iguodala, didn't want to be there from the beginning when the trade with Golden State happened. So why are we acting surprised that three people that don't see Memphis the way that you and I see Memphis? why they wouldn't want the team to be there. We shouldn't be surprised. But I did appreciate the apology from J.J. Redick. I thought that was a classy move. And J.J., if you ever want to come on Lockdown Grizzlies, you have a welcome, open invitation. Just let me know. Let DeMichael know. We'll make sure to uh, make room for you. And you can talk more about your favorite NBA franchise, the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk back to basketball, actual on-the-court things. Good friend of mine, Parker Fleming, on his Substack wrote about some lineup possibilities. I mentioned that was going to be a focus of our episode today. So I'm going to use his piece and really kind of drive home some of the ideas he had, and that'll tie in nicely to the close of our show, Talking Xavier Tillman. We'll get there next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. But first, this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Obviously, NFL season is heating up, and you can snap into action with the NFL right now with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, yes, right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place just a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets regardless of whether you win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including things like spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. Obviously, with the season coming for the Memphis Grizzlies, FanDuel will be a great way to interact with the NBA. But right now, football is in full swing. 
And you should visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to better kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. When we come back here on Lockdown Grizzlies, we will talk lineups and mixing things up next. Stay with us. Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. I am Joe Mullinex, your host for this episode of the show. Again, to Michael Cole with a commercial appeal in Memphis, Tennessee. Not with us today. Finishing up his uh, final respite, his final bit of a breather before the NBA season officially begins in the next week or so with training camp and preseason basketball. It's crazy how fast this year has gone. Again, I don't want to get too in the weeds with that, but you blink and wow, it's already almost October and the NBA season is fast approaching. Leaving the off the court drama of moving the Grizzlies and multi-millionaire, 30, 40 year old men not wanting to be in Memphis, unsurprisingly, uh, leaving that to the side. A good friend of mine, Parker Fleming, used to work with me over at Grizzly Bear Blues, also Bluff City Media. Uh, he has his own Substack now that I highly recommend that you go check out. And Parker took it. I, I don't think great minds think alike. Maybe he listened to Lockdown Grizzlies and thought this would be a good time for him to put this kind of content out there. However it got done, I'm appreciative of Parker for getting it done. Lineup, lineup connections, things that are intriguing to Parker in terms of how you can mix and mash and meld the Grizzlies' new pieces with guys that have been around. Um, he leads off with the obvious one, which will be John Morant, Marcus Smart, Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr., Stephen Adams. That's going to be the new starting lineup once Jaw returns in mid-December. It's going to be really fun to watch that group together defensively, offensively against Steven Adams, even though he himself is not a massive scoring threat. He does so much as a passer on the high post, as a screener for Ja, for Dez, for Marcus Smart now. Lots of opportunities developing the offense around those guys. We're not going to see that till December, though. One of the lineups that was most intriguing to me that will be available, like starting with training camp and preseason basketball, is it's number three for him in his piece. And again, his Substack, highly recommend. This is Parker Fleming, uh, sub T-S-A-K, which I just love. Um, great name, great uh, old school Grizzlies reference. Uh, number three, space the floor with your best shooters. And he has Marcus Smart, Desmond Bain, Luke Kennard, Jake LaRavia, and Jaron Jackson Jr. The thing that intrigues me the most about that five is A, saying that Jake LaRavia is a better shooter than Santi Aldama. Maybe that's not what he's saying. Uh, but I would put Santi in there instead of Jake LaRavia. But having Jake LaRavia as a four, and that is intriguing to me, and that will directly connect to how we'll end this episode today involving Xavier Tillman Sr. The fascinating piece about Jake LaRavia is his scoring ability has been theoretical at the NBA level. You've seen it in the G League. You've seen some success in summer league games. He hasn't been able to find his footing as a floor spacer and a scorer of the ball at the NBA level yet doesn't mean he's a washout doesn't mean he's a bust he hasn't been in the NBA very long continued development is important but LaRavia as a four depending on matchups can work right it depends on who he's tasked with guarding that that's the significant piece of that puzzle he's not as big as Santi Santi about six foot eleven Jake I believe is around six foot eight six foot nine and as NBA teams go more positionless, Parker has always been a positionless basketball guy. 
That may matter less, obviously having Jaron there at the five to kind of correct some things. If there's loss communication, somebody gets blown by on dribble penetration. The, the, the ability for them to switch, at least between Laravia and Jaron as well, depending on matchups, it is possible. And obviously Marcus Smart being out there, you still have two pretty high-level defensive players. Uh, Parker says that he believes that the Grizzlies that have yearned for the day team have ample shooting. That's the lineup for you. Having Jackson and Smart on the floor with these guys heavily supports the defense. Bain is a solid secondary defender, which is true. Uh, LaRavia generates defensive events, whatever that means. I'll have to ask Parker. I think he's referencing the stocks and, and stuff like that. Kennard holding his own better than advertised. Again, he's betting on Jake LaRavia a lot. And that could be something that DeMichael and I talk more about in uh, future episodes. You know, we, we got burned last year by sophomore season Zaire Williams. I don't know if I'm going to make the same mistake uh, with Jake LaRavia this time around. Um, I really like his other idea. And this, will, again, will tie in nicely to our final segment. The switchability of this lineup. This is number five. Switch it up. Marcus Smart, Desmond Bain, David Roddy, Jaron Jackson Jr., Xavier Tillman. Obviously, that would maybe be Brandon Clark if Xavier Tillman uh, was not there. You could potentially switch everything, especially in the front court. David Roddy played the five in college. We saw him get extended run as a four, as a forward that can play that combo forward kind of spot. You saw that a lot last year in his rookie campaign. Jaron obviously has that athleticism. Xavier Tillman defended LeBron James relatively well, at least better than Dylan Brooks did in the playoff series this past spring. So Desmond Bain being a, a average to above average defender. And then again, Marcus Smart, uh, an elite level defender, maybe not as good as he once was, but still a very strong top 15 or so defensive player in the NBA. It's really phenomenal to think about how switchable. And again, if it was Brandon Clark, other than Xavier Tillman, even more so. How switchable that group can be and how that could be such an issue defensively for opposing teams, because that's not something you do with Steven Adams. There's a lot of drop coverage. There's a lot of taking up space in the paint, making it difficult, collapsing and forcing kickouts to shooters. That's a lot of what the defense does when Steven Adams is on the floor. But when it's a center next to Jaron Jackson Jr., so Jaron doesn't have to play the five, you have so much more possibility for switching. And obviously, if you can make this work, you can even put Zaire Williams in there, as Parker alludes to. You have length. You have physical size. You make it far more difficult for a team to catch you in a screen, setting off a domino effect, getting a good shot into a great shot, all of those things. Um, so much potential. And in theory, with Bain and Jaron out there, still two of your best offensive options, uh, probably your two best offensive options going into the season, you have a lot of possibility there to still be sound on the defensive side of things. Obviously, not having Brandon Clark is a real shame. Kenneth Lofton Jr., getting opportunity if it comes. It has to be next to guys like Marcus Martin and Jaron Jackson Jr. I don't trust Lofton's defense. John Conchar is a rebounder. If you really want to prioritize that sort of stuff, I think you'll still see him get limited run. And Parker talks about that in his piece. I am really intrigued by Marcus Smart's arrival. I wrote about it for Bluff City Media, talked about it on yesterday's show. He makes a lot of things 
flow in a unique and different way because he's not Tyus Jones. He's not Dylan Brooks. He's kind of like a combination of the two. Now, he doesn't have the elite assist to turnover numbers of Tyus Jones. He doesn't have the size of Dylan Brooks, but he has the ability to facilitate offense and create well off the dribble. He shines as a secondary facilitator, but can be a primary facilitator. And again, his defensive tenacity, his length, his ability to defend positions one through four, despite his size. I think that his versatility in and of itself makes a lot of these lineup possibilities really intriguing. So shout out to Parker and again, uh, his sub stack T S a K. Uh, if you subscribe or refer anybody to his sub stack, Parker Fleming's two tickets to the Memphis Grizzlies, Denver Nuggets game on Friday, October 27th, all proceeds going to St. Jude children's research hospital. So, Parker does a great job with his Substack, and it's for a good cause. So I highly recommend you go and check that out if you haven't already done so. Good work by Parker. When we come back here on Lockdown Grizzlies, I mentioned him a moment ago. Xavier Tillman Sr. going into a free agency year. The health of Brandon Clark obviously will determine how long or how longed for this Grizzlies world Xavier Tillman is. But what can he do to kind of solidify himself and maybe make another big more expendable than they currently are. We'll talk about that next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. Stay with us. Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. I am Joe Mullinax, once more flying solo on this edition of the podcast. And Michael Cole, my co-host of the Commercial Appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. We'll be back later this week. He'll get a solo show or two. We'll partner up for an episode. But rest assured, dear listener, dear viewer, we will be with you every day. This week, closing out the month of September, heading into October, heading into media day, heading into the end of an offseason, which I don't know about you, but thank goodness, because doing this show regularly in the offseason, thank goodness for FIBA, right? That helped make things a little bit easier for DeMichael and I over the last month, but it's about to be back to regular real basketball, and uh, I'm grateful. I'm sure you are as well. Throughout the show... Basketball edition, right? We covered the J.J. Redick off-the-court stuff to start off the episode. We talked in the last segment about the versatility of the lineups. Marcus Smart being a major cog of that. Xavier Tillman Sr. is also a, a massive cog of that. And he is a piece that is more important because of Brandon Clark's injury, assuming that Clark is not back until early 2024 at the earliest, you know, probably realistically later than that, February, March maybe. Assuming that Tillman is going to get extended run going into what amounts to a free agency summer for him in 2024, this is a time for him to showcase what he can do. I am intrigued by Xavier Tillman because we know he can defend. We know that he can switch like we talked about earlier. We know that he has the lateral foot quickness, the understanding of angles, the fit within scheme. Taylor Jenkins, the head coach of the Grizzlies, trusts this guy. And he rewarded that trust in the playoffs. He was one of the Grizzlies' better players against the Lakers, which is one of the reasons they lost in six games. You don't want Xavier Tillman to be one of your better guys. Same thing with Luke Kennard. Those two being two cornerstones of your playoff push, you're probably not winning that playoff series. That means you need more from John, Jaron, and the like. But X has to become more of an offensively viable weapon. And when I say weapon, I, I mean that in a condensed sense. He's not ever going to be what Jaron is. He's not ever going to be what Santi Aldama, to be honest, has become, at least in terms of flashes of three-level scoring. 
What Xavier Tillman needs to do to be in Memphis long-term, assuming that Brandon Clark eventually comes back fully healthy, he's entering the first year of a four-year contract extension, he has to show that he can do more than Steven Adams. Now, my Kiwis, my New Zealanders that I know are watching don't mean that negatively about Steven Adams. I don't want to get rid of Steven Adams. Steven Adams is extremely important. If we didn't learn anything from last year, we learned that. Steven Adams matters a heck of a lot to the Memphis Grizzlies, especially offensively, which maybe folks wouldn't have connected before. But if you watch the Grizzlies regularly last season without Steven Adams, you know that to be fact. I'm talking about shooting. From three in particular. I'm talking about the ability to score the ball, not at a rate of a Jaron or a Santi, but enough to make an opposing team respect you. Because what Steven Adams has that X doesn't is elite size. Steven Adams is elite at being a massive human being. And that matters a heck of a lot when you're setting screens and getting rebounds. Xavier Tillman was the main choice of Taylor Jenkins, again, in the wake of the Brandon Clark injury as well. When Steven Adams was out, Instead of going Jaron Jackson Jr. at the five and Santi Aldama at the four or something along those lines, because X was the guy that was closest to what Steven Adams can provide. He wasn't as good at it as Steven Adams, but X is a good rebounder. X is a good screen setter. He has some switchability possibilities, which is a little bit different from Steven Adams. He adds some versatility defensively. He has to continue to match that defensive versatility with offensive versatility. If he can't, he won't be in Memphis long-term. And that's one of the reasons I think you see a team option being picked up, an extension not being fully realized. That could still obviously happen, right? They have through training camp and preseason to have those conversations and negotiations. But if X was a priority, he would have already been signed, right? Clearly, they're waiting for something, looking for something. It probably has to do with Brandon Clark's health. But there's something going on there they need more. And to be honest with you, sitting in this podcast chair, I need more. I need more from X. I need to see him be comfortable enough with his shot. That an opposing team has to respect him. They can't just ignore him. He has to provide some semblance of spacing. Even if that spacing is as simple as becoming a truly elite screen setter. Now, how much better at it can he get? That's a fair question, right? Again, what makes Steven Adams so darn good at it? He's freaking huge. Xavier Tillman, not freaking huge. So he does not cultivate and create the kind of space on a screen that Steven Adams does. That's just whatever gods may be given ability in Adams' favor. And Adams has signed an extension. We mentioned Brandon Clark signed an extension. No extension yet for X. So with Kenneth Lofton Jr. breathing down his neck, who has that offensive skill set? What Lofton doesn't have that X does, at least to this point, is defensive acumen. And if Lofton can show that he is more viable defensively to the credit of Desmond Bain, like Desmond Bain has done in recent years, this past season being the most extreme example of it. Desmond Bain is a above-average defender in the NBA now. You can say that realistically and truthfully. If Kenneth Lofton Jr. can negate the defensive concerns his offensive game is leaps and bounds better than Xavier Tillman's. And they're comparable rebounders. So X should feel that breathing down his neck. He has to find more ways to impact the game offensively. If he doesn't, it is not going to be a long-term fit in Memphis for X. 
And again, he's one of the better players against the Lakers. He has that defensive versatility that Taylor Jenkins values. And he's going to continue to get opportunity because of that defensive ability. But money's about to get tight. Not everybody can get extended. And Xavier Tillman, if he wants to stick around, has to find ways to show that he can do things that Kenneth Lofton Jr. can't do. And aside from health, things that Brandon Clark can't do. Brandon Clark's not a consistent shooter either. Brandon Clark has elite athleticism on his side, but he's coming back from an Achilles tear that my co-host, Michael Cole, is much more faithful in than I am. There's opportunity for X to be here long term, but he has to show development in his game in ways that he can control. He can control his shot, getting better at that. He can control his offensive movement and activity, how much energy teams invest in trying to limit something of his that will take away from focus on other more talented offensive weapons. The ball is the next court on that in that case. And that's going to be one of the fun storylines to watch play out as the season grinds along. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Locked On Grizzlies. It is much appreciated. The next time that we're together, again, it might be me, it might be DeMichael, it might be a mix. We'll see how uh, the next 24 hours or so carry both he and I. But regardless, again, getting closer to media days, maybe we start to ask some questions that maybe DeMichael or somebody else that'll be there at those media day press conferences could ask Taylor Jenkins, Zach Kleiman, maybe give our own answers to those questions, some things to try to answer and uh, figure out as the preseason gets ever so close. I know you're excited. I just got some chill bumps myself thinking about how Grizzlies basketball is not so far away. Thank you again for checking us out. Continue to like, rate, comment, review, subscribe, however you get your podcasts. Thank you for checking us out on YouTube. Make sure you are with us free and available each and every day here on Lockdown Grizzlies. Have a good one.